Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, and today, a full preview of the 5-5 five five Washington Commanders heading down to Houston to face off against the 1-7-1 Texans, led by head coach Lovey Smith, quarterback Davis Mills, rookie running back Damian Pierce, left tackle Laramie Tunsil, and edge rusher Jerry Hughes, a guy, a few guys that we're going to hear a lot about today. I'm going to dive in offensively defensively what to look for with the Houston Texans, what they're going to throw at Washington and Taylor Heineke from a defensive perspective, and what Washington, led up front by John Allen, De'Ron Payne, Montez Sweat, what that defensive unit can expect this week of a team that wants to pound the ball and open up deep shots down the field. Before we get rolling here, as always, this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, who continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs with first-to-market odds and lines. Upcoming season of Major League Baseball here in the next few months. NFL lines, college football, college football playoff. Get your bets in for that. Golf, UFC, NASCAR, anything under the sun, eSports that you want to bet on, head on over to BetOnline and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just using the code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V, again, to get 50% off your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. So let's head in. A preview of the Houston Texans, a team that's won 7-1, but as I've told you guys every week, nothing's a given in this league. 1-7-1, and one, you look at the record, and I talk about it a lot, but you know, you are what your record says you are. The Texans are a bad football team. They've added a ton of young pieces. You look at their depth chart. Derek Stingley, rookie from LSU, they used a top 10 pick on the outside. He's been picked on a ton this year. He's their most targeted corner for that for the Texans this fall. So teams are, are making him work in his first year. Young safety in Jalen Petrie that they took on day two. Kid from Baylor that has had some tackling issues. A little bit of a bull in a china shop right now at the roof of the Houston defense. Thomas Booker along the interior defensive line. A guy that I really liked last year coming out of Stanford. A guy that I thought Washington could take a swing on moving into day three of the draft. And then it starts with rookie running back Damian Pierce who... Depends on who you ask. If you ask me, he's a top two guy right now for me and an offensive rookie of the year. He's been absolutely dynamic for this Texans offense. A guy that ranks top 10 in almost every major category you look for among every single NFL back. He's been absolutely fantastic. Guy at Florida that was underused coming into the draft process. He went to the Senior Bowl. You watch him work there. Fresh tread on the tires. For Damian Pierce. And what I mean by that was he was underutilized by Dan Mullen at Florida. Very minimal carries. Amount of carries he's had this year is trumped amount of carries he had at Florida. It's 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 unbelievable how many carries Damian Pierce and the workload, how it's taken for it's it's really mind-boggling the workload that Damian Pierce has had this year in comparison to being underused in an SEC program like Florida is. A historic and successful and prestigious. Florida program, but he's a dude, a flat out dude. He's not 6'2", 6'3", built like a Derrick Henry or, or a Nick Chubb, but he's a very, very physical, 
5'11", 6 foot, if you want to give him that extra inch. But it will run you over and can run around you and is very quick within the holes. So you're going to look at guys up the middle, John Allen, Deron Payne, another week. They have to set the tone, especially when they're facing guys like left guard Kenyon Green, a rookie that they also drafted in the first round out of Texas A&M. He's struggled a ton this year. He has been absolutely abysmal for that Houston Texans front three. It's him, it's Scott Quisenberry, and it's A.J. Can as that left guard, center, right guard combo. And, and Kenyon Green was a guy out of Texas A&M was extremely athletic coming out of school, but but absolutely, just, just my goodness, the struggles that he's had this year have really been a rookie speed bumps that we see from a lot of players. And if you, you look back to his games the first few weeks, he was fine. He was about league average. Both as a as a pass blocker and run blocking was wasn't his strongest suit coming out of school, but these last few weeks against Tennessee in Week Eight, against Philadelphia in Week Nine, and then when Houston traveled up to New York last week, he's had trouble against some of these higher tier pass rushers. We obviously know who Tennessee has coming off the edge. Rashad Weaver's been a stud for them. You look at Philadelphia. We saw them last week with Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat and all the names that they have. Brandon Graham. We can go on and on with the names in Philadelphia. And then look at New York and Kayvon Thibodeau, guys they have in the interior. It's it's just, there's so many guys. She's faced, when they faced Philadelphia, it was Jordan Davis, it was Fletcher Cox, Dexter Lawrence last week with New York. He, he's he been, he's been just, just not good. He's not playing good football. He's allowed a sack these last two weeks. He's allowed 15 pressures these last three weeks combined. He allowed nine alone to Tennessee. This is a time. John Allen and Deron Payne, once again, took it going within the interior. Because he's struggling right now. These are the rookie struggles that we talk about with players to where down the road they're developed. But right now, Kenyon Green's just not playing good football. All the tools in the world to be a really dominant player three, four years down the road when everything begins to come to fruition. But he got 93 and 94 lining up nose to nose to you now this week, especially with John Allen shaded over that one technique over the left shoulder of the center, right beside Kenyon Green's inside shoulder. It's going to be a heck of a challenge for him. Because where do they slide protections? Because they've done a nice job on the outside. Laramie Tunsil, a left tackle, has been one of the one of the top left tackles in football. Hasn't allowed a sack all year in over 130 uh, true pass sets. He's been really, really good. And Titus Howard on the right side, he's been fine. He's about a league average. But really, Laramie Tunsil and looking at Montez Sweat, that's the success that he's had over the last month. Laramie Tunsil's been really good protecting Davis Mills' uh, blind side excuse me, this week, this year. He's been really good. So Montez Sweat, Casey Tuhill, we saw Tuhill flash a ton against Philadelphia, crashing down, making plays in the run game, and obviously that final play of the game against Philadelphia, recovering that lateral pass from Devontae Smith, and they're trying to make something happen there with five seconds left on the clock. But Sweat and Tuhill are going to have their work cut out for them this week. We're not going to probably not going to get Montez Sweat back. Most likely he's going to return at home against Atlanta next week in what's going to be a huge game. It turns out to the wild card race. For that NFC, Washington, you look right now, they're sitting right beside 49ers, the Cowboys, the Packers, those Saints, those teams in the NFC right now, the Falcons, that are battling for that seventh, the sixth, seventh spot, the playoffs in the NFC. So moving on from their, their front five, from left to right again, Laramie Tunsil, Kenyon Green, Scott Quisenberry, AJ Can, and Titus Howard. That is their front five. 
Quarterback, I have a Davis Mills. We talked about Damian Pierce. They signed Eno Benjamin from Arizona. We'll see the workload that he gets potentially this week. Uh, outside, Nico Collins, kid they drafted out of Michigan in 2021. Brandon Cooks is still there. Seemed like he's been there for a long time, even though he's bounced around the league a bunch. And Chris Moore is their slot guy that they brought over from Baltimore. And they also signed Amari Rogers, who was cut from the Green Bay Packers, former guy out of Clemson, um, just this week. So, ton of faces on the outside. No one that's going to scare me at all. Um, I'm confident in Washington's secondary this week with Benjamin Benjamin St. Juice and Kendall Fuller, Cam Curl. Derek Forrest played 100% of the snaps. Where he aligned was extremely unique. Also against Philadelphia, he was in the box. He's at the line of scrimmage. He was deep playing free safety. He was in, playing nickel in the slot. He was absolutely everywhere. And we saw him record the pick. We saw him recover the fumble that Benjamin St. Juice forced down the field to Anquez Watkins. It's just the fa- fantastic play from the secondary, especially against Philadelphia where A.J. Brown was out involved. Dallas Goddard really wasn't involved. The run game. Not, and not just Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell, but they limited Jalen Hurts on the ground. Washington's defense has to do that again this week. Force Davis Mills to beat you with his arm. That's what Philadelphia tried to do on Monday night is force Taylor Heineke to beat them with his arm. And that's what the recipe for success for other teams facing Washington. But this week, and coincidentally, and and conversely for Washington, make Davis Mills throw the ball 20, 30 times on Sunday to Nico Collins. And really, this this group of Jags on the outside for the Texans. It's not anybody that's going to move the needle. They're they're a team that is still going to be, probably have another top three, top four pick. Their team right now that is the top three pick as we sit here in mid-November and approaching week 11, and they just have to improve. Like a new GM in the building, a Nick Casario. They've added some some young pieces. I talked about Kenyon Green on offense. I've talked about Damian Pierce. We'll get into them defensively and some names to know. But this is a team that's just not playing good football right now. And this is their third consecutive NFC East opponent. They faced the Eagles at home. They lost by 12. They traveled to MetLife last week. Lost by eight to the Giants. Now they get the Commanders coming to town hot, obviously, after taking down the Eagles on Monday Night Football to give the Eagles their first loss. So this is a a good test for Washington. A test on the road in the NFL, it doesn't matter where it is, is always a good test. Again, 1-7-1 doesn't really tell the story of the Texans. They're young, they're, they're inexperienced, but they have some pop on both sides of the ball to where you look at this their last few games, they have been competitive. They lost by seven Tennessee at home. They lost by eight to the Giants, like I mentioned. Now, the Eagles pulled away from them on Thursday night football, but that first half especially was close. It was close. So the Texans are competing. And you don't want to be in a situation where you start the fourth quarter and you're down by seven or ten against this team. You go into Houston and lose the ball game and get to five and six. This is a huge game for Washington. To not just start up another win streak, in, a, in a, a series of games where you host Atlanta next week and you have a very good chance against the Giants the week following before the bye week, this is a huge stretch of games for Washington. These are games you have to win. We talked about in week two when they went into Detroit. Everyone out there, I know you guys were expecting to win. And I told you, hey, pull the reins back just a little bit. It's the NFL. It's not easy to win. Young, talented team that plays hard. I don't think Houston is as good as Detroit. I like Detroit a lot. They haven't had a great year, but 
At some point, you have to show improvement and show some positivity. And that's what the Texans have been doing recently last month to where they are competing. They're not getting blown out by 21 points every ballgame. They're competing. They're leaning on Damian Pierce in the offensive side of the football, trying to take their deep shots down the field to Cooks, who was a guy that was thrown around the trade deadline, and Nico Collins, an explosive kid out of Michigan that can make some plays for you. Davis Mills isn't going to be anybody that's going to throw for 350 and two touchdowns or three touchdowns. That's not his game. Can he? You saw him at Stanford sling around a little bit, but that's just on how they operate. It's on Damian Pierce. It's running behind Laramie Tunsil. It's running behind Titus Howard to the outside, allowing those cutback lanes. You'll see Damian Pierce push to the outside and cut that thing back inside, try to run over those linebackers five, six yards down the field. That's where the Texans find their MO, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So defensively, Jerry Hughes, Kerr Heinish, it's a college free agent that they signed out of Notre Dame this year. Malik Collins, D-tackle, Rasheem Green is a, uh, an, a free agent that they brought over from Seattle. Um, up front, it starts with Jerry Hughes. Um, he's been one of the better edge rushers in football. So, you know, left tackle Charles Leno, Cornelius Lucas, Sam Cosme. We'll see how Washington deploys those guys. Lucas and Cosme uh, shared snaps last week against the Eagles. Um, Jerry Hughes has had, he's got eight sacks this week, and he's been pretty darn impressive along that Houston uh, front four. Guy that's aged a little bit, who's spent a lot of time in Buffalo, really kind of turned back the clock a little bit. It's been really, really good um, for this Houston defense. So it's going to be a nice test for Washington's tackles, especially the blind side of Taylor Heineke. Jerry Hughes coming after him. Eight sacks is eight sacks. And we're only 10 games in. He's got eight and 10 games. That's pretty darn impressive. Well, nine for, 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 for Houston. So he's got eight sacks and nine games for Houston. Pretty darn impressive. About a sack a game. Guy that's turned back the clock, as I mentioned. So he's an excellent player on the edge for them. He'll make some plays. And But the biggest thing, again, for Washington, attacking this defensive interior. Malik Collins and Kurt Heinish. Got guys behind him and Roy Lopez, a kid that they drafted out of Arizona State in 2021. Ogbonia Okoronkwo is an undrafted guy. Excuse me, a uh, free agent that they brought over from the Rams. And then I talked about Thomas Booker, who gets very limited snaps, kid that they drafted in the fifth round out of Stanford, uh, that plays that one tech and three tech for them along the interior. At linebacker, Christian Harris, third rounder out of Alabama, plays that weak side spot. Christian Kirksey came over from Green Bay. Garrett Wallows, kid that took out of TCU back in 2021 as a fifth rounder. Not, not a group that moves the needle at all. It just does not move the needle. Um, this is a group where you could throw in David Mayo and John Bostick and be starters. Now, granted, David Mayo and John Bostick have started in D.C. this year in spurts, but we knew that coming into this year that Washington's linebacker core was weak, but this is an extremely weak and young Houston linebacker core. I talked about Garrett Wallow. This is his second year, fifth rounder. Christian Harris, athletic kid out of Alabama, but it has a ton of flashes as far as him just still developing. There's a lot to learn. At the linebacker spot. Not great in the run. Not good at all. When asked to drop in coverage and flip his hips. Their, their, their second level defenders are just really not good. Kamu Grugier Hill has been abysmal this year. He was even a guy. And and I'll stand by it. The guy that I talked about last spring. About potentially coming into Washington as a cheap linebacker addition. Well, glad they didn't. Because he hasn't been good this year. Flat out. Um, moving back to the secondary. Uh, it'll be Steven Nelson starts opposite of rookie Derek Stingley, who's again, I mentioned the first rounder out of LSU that they took, who has not been good this year. Um, teams have targeted him a ton. I, I mean, I'm not going to say he's not been good. He just, teams are going right after Derek Stingley. 
and again, a guy three, four years down the road that will come into fruition in his game on the outside and potentially locking down a third of the field. But right now, he's been through his struggles. He's been targeted 49 times. He's basically targeted in the last few weeks. Now, teams really went after him to start the year. First two games, he was targeted 19 times combined against Indianapolis and the Denver Broncos. Two teams that have obviously had their struggles offensively this year. But the last few weeks, three targets against the Giants, two targets against the Eagles, two targets against the Titans, and three targets against the against the Vegas Raiders. So teams, are, he's getting a little bit better, right? Showing improvement on the outside. But you got Terry McLaurin coming into town. You got Deami Brown. You got Jahan Dawson. You got Curtis Samuel. Logan Thomas working over the middle of the field. I expect Washington to potentially take some a good amount of shots this week. Now, that scares me a little bit because we saw last week that consistently the ball hanging up from Taylor Heineke when he attempts to throw the ball more than 30 yards downfield with some pop. It hangs up. He's not able to drive throws 50 yards, 55 yards downfield. Now, not it's just sometimes maybe we get spoiled seeing the Mahomeses and the Herberts and the Josh Allens pump it 70 yards with some juice, but he's got to put some zip on the football and he's got to get these guys opportunities down the field. Terry McLaurin... That ball's put on the pick that C.J. Gardner-Johnson had when he rises up over Darius Slay on that play. This is That, that was a play where if, if Taylor Heineke drives out to the front side of the end zone, Terry McLaurin outruns them and runs under the ball, and it's a touchdown. So this week, I expect them to take them shots. Washington take their shots, especially looking at who Houston has on the back end, not just with Stingley and Steven Nelson and Desmond King, who's been decent this year. He's been pretty darn good in coverage. But Jonathan Owens at safety who has allowed nearly 16 targets. He's allowed 10 catches for nearly 25 yards a pop. Now, playing the roof of the defense, your yards per reception is going to be a little bit more extrapolated, but he is someone that 25 yards a reception, giving up 10 catches on 16 targets. He usually has a lot of time to, to drop those hips, get his eyes on the quarterback, get his eyes on the football, make plays downfield. He's their last line of defense at safety. Has not been good. And you got guys that can run in Dotson and Samuel. And, and obviously, we know Terry can run with the best of them. It doesn't matter who the heck is aligned opposite of number 17 this year. And since he's entered the league, they can't hold him one-on-one. And I don't expect Derek Stingley to do that this week. So it's going to be on guys like Jonathan Owens at safety. And then working next to him is Jalen Petrie, rookie out of Baylor. That has his, had his struggles mostly coming down into the box and missing tackles. He's very kind of bull in a china shop right now. The speed of the game is extremely accelerated. Just being able to slow it down just a little bit. Really physical kid. Another guy I saw at the Senior Bowl. Damian Pierce, as I mentioned earlier, was another Senior Bowl guy. Um, but Jalen Petrie's got a lot of talent. Not the biggest guy, but very physical. A culture guy. Aggressive on the back end. A guy that gets guys pumped up. Wanting to play. That's what you need in your safeties room. They got him. They got Derek Stingley. Two guys. Young, youth-infused players that want to build towards the future as far as secondary core athletes. But... They're taking their lumps this year because just it, it really correlates from the front four to the back seven. And then you get that back four with your two outside corners and your two starting safeties. Just haven't been great this year outside of Desmond King, who's, who's done a decent job. So a nickel as well. Don't want to skip over their nickel. It's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be Desmond King. Um, rotationally, it's going to be some Tavarius Thomas. It's going to be some MJ Stewart a little bit, who's more of a special teams guy. He rotates at safeties, played some corner with Cleveland in his past. Um, so it just this is a roster that's really struggling for pop, for struggling for guys that really stand out on paper. But you turn on the film, 
and you got to beat guys one-on-one. And the Houston Texans, again, have played competitive football the last month of the season. And when you travel on the road, this is a big game for Washington to get above 500 and head into a massive home game against Atlanta next week to really get back on track and stick your face in and knocking on the door of a watercolor spot here as we approach Thanksgiving and the next few weeks approach Christmas and the turn of the new year when the playoff picture really starts to clarify itself. So that is the Houston Texans. That is going to do it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you did, please leave a like, review, share, subscribe. I am on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Wherever you get your news, you get your sports, you can find Commanding the Huddle. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Ryan Fowler. As always, greatly appreciate you guys' time and tuning in. I know you guys are excited for another good week of ball. Washington played excellent on Monday night. Now it's finding the consistency and building the momentum with Taylor Heineke under center into Houston and into next week hosting the Atlanta Falcons. So enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your college football slate on Saturday. Some good games to peek into. And then Sunday at 1 o'clock in Houston, the 5-5 five and five Washington Commanders visit the 1-7-1 Houston Texans at 1 o'clock on Fox. So as always, appreciate you guys tuning in. I will talk to you on Monday morning. Full recap of Washington's, let's say win. Let's say win over the Houston Texans to get to two straight wins, to get to 6-5, and five and heading into a massive showdown next week as they host the Atlanta Falcons and sticking their face in and letting everybody know, hey, Washington's going to be competitive and be right here in the wildcard picture when things start to wind down here in the next month or so. So again, I always appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.